Oh, I've literally just spotted the delivery man with the Nissan Serena has just driven past. <laughs> this is exciting stuff. We've started recording, and what has happened immediately? <laughs> yeah, well, I spoke about him in the last time we recorded, didn't I? Uh, yes. Yeah, you did. We were talking all about delivery drivers and their various techniques I, and vehicles. I need to tell him, really, that he's, you know, in a worldwide audience podcast. <laughs> he's famous. He's podcast famous. Right, well, I think we've just done... Is it called a cold open? Something like that, where you just go in without an intro? Yeah, no, just... Because it's daylight now, so I can sit and I'm sort of looking out the window. <laughs> anyway, I'll stop. I'll stop getting distracted by That's things right. outside. If you want to, if you want to do that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I might get distracted as well because a, a torque wrench is in the post and is on the way from Amazon. But we'll cover that in a minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> after that slightly haphazard start, hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Chat Podcast. I'm Alistair Charlson, an automotive and technology journalist, and I'm joined as ever by my friend and fellow car enthusiast George Turner. Hello. Hello. Again. Again. We've... Yes, I saw you yesterday. <laughs> for, for the first time since what September last year? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen each other yeah, in yeah. person since we since before the podcast, right? When did we start this? Yeah. So it's about November. Yeah, I think it? it was back in November. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it was sort of difficult because I didn't want to have the conversations with you that we would potentially <laughs> have in this. Yeah. So they, so we basically just didn't talk to each other. Pretty much. For the, for yeah. Which was good for everyone else who we were, we were in the pub with, or in the pub garden with, because it meant we didn't bore them all about car chat. No. I, I mean, have you got a drink? Yeah, I Not have. right now. And I feel really repetitive, because every time I say I've got a beer of Moretti, I have, and it's only because it was in the fridge and no one knows who it belongs to. So yes, I've got, one of them. I've got that. Yeah, a, a, a leftover. I've got a non-alcoholic beer that That's I bought the other week. It is Monday. I was I was I was driving the other week mm. somewhere to see some people, and I took some non-alcoholic beers. Yeah, are and they all right? What, yeah, what I just they? uh, well, this is like a a, a vice beer, mm-hmm. a wheat beer, and it, it's quite nice actually. And it was only like less than a pound in Lidl, oh, but. Yeah, I'm still not feeling any any more alcohol after some exploits at the weekend. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, lockdown has not been, you know. You're out of practice, of, aren't you? Is what it is. Yeah, we just, what in quotes, the sesh. It's been a while, <laughs> uh, and that caught up with me quite spectacularly on Saturday night. So. It did. It is that that poor pub. <laughs> mm. Yes, I feel quite. Quite bad about the state <laughs> <laughs> that pub in. Uh, well, let's not dwell, but, unless uh, you want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, long and short of it, I had to phone you up, <laughs> and my legs had stopped working. Yeah, you'd, you'd, was, you'd been to the bathroom, you were gone some time, and then I got a phone call <laughs> saying, can you come and I help me? I can't move. <laughs> so I requested a glass of water from the bar for my friend who appears to have taken a funny turn, I said. And well, I mean, um, they didn't if, look if twice. You, if, you, if you say to someone, someone's taken a funny turn in the middle of a global pandemic, you can kind of <laughs> gauge them. They're not coming anywhere near it. It's quite a good get out if you uh, Yes, he's, he's, fe- he's feeling hot it. and cold. He can't taste anything, but he is projectile vomiting <laughs> and his legs have turned to jelly <laughs> <laughs> there we go so that was our that was our, uh, our, our day out <laughs> Whoops. 
But we we also uh, had a night. Well, not I wouldn't. Well, we I got up feeling not too bad on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know about you. I was okay. And after, no, I was I was all right. We, we consumed two McDonald's. Yeah, we ordered McDonald's twice. <laughs> Breakfast uh, and lunch, and then for dinner delivery. I had. The leftovers of a packet of crisps from Friday and the leftovers of a bottle of red wine from Friday. That was my dinner. That was my Sunday dinner. Crisps, crisps <laughs> and wine. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a slight hangover as well. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it's been a busy few days. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm not... I'm just having a week off the alcohol mm. now, I think. I'd planned to, like, but oh, then it's... I saw this in the fridge and thought, oh, I may as well finish whatever batch this came from. And then there'll be no more this week. Yeah. So we we also we, so we watched the Grand Prix yesterday, yep. and two of the three touring car races that were mm-hmm. on because it was a bit of, it was just like the perfect lay on the sofa motorsport Sunday. Yeah, yeah. When you've got those two events on simultaneously. Yeah. I thought the Grand Prix was not hugely exciting. Yeah, it, I I thought it was okay. It was I think it's because we knew. We didn't know what would happen, but we we sort of knew what the various outcomes could be for quite a long time during the race, and then Mercedes sort of threw this surprise extra pit stop in, and then it was a case of right, Lewis, you've got was it twenty laps for to catch up twenty two seconds, and that kept me interested enough because it was just about at the point where you think, oh, will he, won't he, and it stayed like that for half an hour or so, so that kept me interested, um, but I can appreciate yeah, was... if you, as many people are, a little bit fed up with Lewis and the Mercedes winning um yeah but i'm, I'm excited by verstappen everything yeah. he does there was some great strategy stuff going on and yeah verstappen it was kind of a bit of a tease again mm. it's like oh uh, maybe mercedes won't win and then in yeah. the end yeah they do <laughs> yeah um yeah but but red bull are getting closer mm-hmm. although strangely i read today that this is the most successful start to a season that Lewis has ever had. <laughs> three, I think it's, it's been three two, wins in a second. Yeah. Hasn't it? Two, so two, two just, wins in a second, isn't it? We're three races. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it's his best start to a season ever. So yeah. you're like, okay, so even though you, <laughs> you sort of get this feeling that Red Bull are getting there and Verstappen's getting there, mm. it's still been his most successful start to a season. So, <laughs> But there is that hope. You know, you see Verstappen at the first corner and you think god he could run away now and yeah there's a strategy then wasn't it mercedes just well, played a bit of a joker card on that yeah outfoxed mm. yeah and then but the touring, touring cars, cars <laughs> well i mean anyone that knows me knows that i'm a massive fan of that so for me that's more of a excitement did, yeah. Have you watched the third race? No, I haven't. Um, my dad called me that evening and told me all about it, <laughs> or a bit about it. It was. He tried not to spoil it, it but he said it was a. Yeah, he said it was brilliant. Yeah, I mean the first two races were pretty good. Yeah, but I reckon that third race had more overtaken than an entire season of Formula One. God, well, you go ahead and spoil it if you want. If it helps to name people and positions or whatever, I- I'll watch it at some uh, point. But, yeah, well, I won't go because I don't think people really necessarily know mm. most of the drivers. But it, it was essentially a race that started off wet, then dried, mm-hmm. and then got mm-hmm. wet again. Oh, perfect! So you had some drivers. There was a mixed bag of tires. Some had gone wet and some had gone dry. Yeah. So at the start of the race, all the dry 
shod cars dropped back like a stone. Then the track dried out and they all came forward from the Mm. back to the front. Then it started to rain again. So all the cars with wet tyres then started to come back through. So you kind of, for the 16 odd laps it was running, you pretty much had no idea what was going to happen and who was going to win. But it was never quite wet enough then for people to come in to change tyres or dry enough to change tyres. Is that a thing a in touring cars? Did. I can't really remember. A couple they don't do did, it as much. But it, it takes it takes so mm. long. Are they limited to two people working on the car, like with Le Mans? I honestly don't know, but it's a very. I mean, the commentators were concerned that when these guys came in and changed tyres, they didn't go a lap down. Right. So that's how right, long right. they're expecting so it, this to take. So you, you're really only doing that if you absolutely have to, or if everyone does. Yeah. Well, they hope. What they're hoping is is that there's inevitably a crash then yeah. a safety car yeah. so you can catch up but obviously if you if you've been lapped you then can't you can't uh, unlap you've just yourself. got no hope and of course you say so inevitable that crash because it's touring cars and there are some quite big crashes this uh yeah this i mean ev- every race there's a crash and even the first race of the first weekend of the year bang people are flying all over mm. the place and nudging each other and, and, and i don't go there just for the crashes mm. but it don't have to make it exciting sometimes <laughs> when there's a there's lots of, you know, even when you don't see dong. the big smashes, you still see a lot of sort of, you know, exchange of pains and leaning on each other. And that adds to it without it feeling like it's cheating. <laughs> so, yeah, for those who don't want to watch the seven hour slog on a Sunday <laughs> that it's on, ITV do do a highlights package, which normally goes up about a week after. Mm. So next week, have a look out, take an hour, grab a beer, watch the touring car highlights mm. from last uh, from yesterday, because... It was it was really good. good, and the Grand Prix like it wasn't bad. I'm not it totally. I found it more interesting it, than Portimao last week. I felt that nothing really happened with that. Yeah, I think I possibly fell asleep <laughs> during that. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's what's next for both of them? I don't actually know. And uh, it's Monaco Grand Prix in two weeks. Oh God, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, which we missed out on last year. Yep. So, I mean, Monaco, I kind of can't miss it, mm. even though I know it's not normally the best. Yeah. You're best just watching qualifying and, and then you know what's going to happen, pretty much. It's, it is processional. Yeah, I've got a feeling I need to look at the touring cars, to be honest, because they've had to keep revising it because of the pandemic. Mm. I was wondering if we were going to have a situation like with the F1 where we had one race or one set of races and then it's going to be so, a big gap until the next one. Actually, no, we, we've got this coming weekend at Snetterton. Oh, we'll be at Caffeine and Machine. Ah, right. So that'll yep. be another Sky Plus job. Mm-hmm. Which does make it slightly easier, to be honest. Yeah, it does. not yeah. go on social media. Fast-forwarding through it all. Takes, uh, yeah, takes the edge off, doesn't it? Because, like you say, it's such a long programme and with lots and lots of adverts. And then around doing, watching these races and eating McDonald's, um, we we attempted some mechanics. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, which I was quite pleased with until about 11 o'clock last night when I <laughs> sat bolt upright in bed. Worried for my car <laughs> and my safety. Yeah, because <laughs> we'd, we'd made a very... Well, I had made a very rookie error and set the torque wrench in... 
newton meters instead of pound feet so we <laughs> didn't tighten up the wheel bolts as no. tight as we should have done <laughs> So, yeah, uh, well, it all started well enough. Like, you've got all your tools, you've got a load of stuff now from working on your own cars. And, I mean, we're only fitting some wheel spacers. It's a case of you take the wheel off, or you jack the car up, you take the wheel off, you put the spacer on, and then you put the wheel back on. Pretty simple stuff. Um, but we stumbled at the first because I didn't know where any of the jacking points were on the car, and they weren't obvious at all. And the owner's book for an MX-5 doesn't say, because it assumes you're just going to use the... Um, magic foam stuff in the boot doesn't tell you anything about removing the wheels um, so a phone call was required to your MX5 owning friend and he, he sort of said oh it'd be alright just, just stick it underneath gave us the obvious yeah stick it underneath. put it under the sill bit of wood be alright <laughs> um, but we were doing this at the side of the road so we could only jack up on one side because <laughs> yeah. of the curb and then the side we were jacking up was in the middle of the road so we <laughs> traffic was kind of weaving round us and then we had to move the car to do the other side because yeah, we couldn't get the it. jack between the car and the pavement yeah. so it took a while there was, was a bit all, of head scratching was... initially and then once we got into it we knew what we were doing but we had to stop to watch the Grand Prix <laughs> with one to go yeah, we, one wheel we, left it was I mean, if anyone was looking at us thinking, oh, these two, these two know what they're doing. Yeah. They, Spending their weekend very wrong. doing some car work. No. But I am quite enjoying doing car work mm. now, which I never used to. And now whenever anyone's doing anything to a car, I kind of want to be there and learn. Yeah. And I guess doing this stuff is how you learn. And mm. all right, we cocked it up a little bit. <laughs> so we'll put it right. Yeah. And then we'll know next time. And we move on. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I won't forget that. And I'm looking forward to the torque wrench that I've ordered in a hurry off Amazon that's going to turn up in the next hour or so, and the socket set that's turning up tomorrow, because I need my car the day after that. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting all those tools and doing it all yeah, properly. Guess... And then next time I need to do anything, I can. And I know not to do that again. I know to check the uh, the unit of measurement. Well, this is it. That's why I ended up a few months ago getting all these tools because I thought, right, I want to be able to do some little jobs yeah. myself. And to do that, you need these few bits. So I guess you, I gave you a bit of tool envy, and <laughs> now yeah. you're. I was indeed. Now envious. you've got some of your own. And they'll slide under the bed or whatever, and yeah, 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 yeah. I've got space to put them somewhere. Extra man, yeah. Although extra man, <laughs> although you've got a proper jack. And not even the cheaper of a proper jack. You've got a really good jack, and I'm using one of those precarious ones out of the boot of my mate's car, um, which I tried earlier, and it does work, but it doesn't feel like it should work because it's just so small. and <laughs> They're remarkably strong. It, yeah, right? yeah. It says it can jack up to 750 kilos, so you are, you know, you're quite limited. But I obviously assume with a larger car, you get a larger yeah. jack. Like, this is coming out of an Audi A1. Um, so yeah, obviously no, but no I mean, bother you're always going to have... You're going to have some of the weight on the yeah, yeah, wheels yeah. that are remaining on the ground, I guess. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, it was no, no bother at all, actually. I popped out earlier, got the jack out of the Audi, put it on my car, put it under my car rather, and yeah, it worked. So I looked like I knew what I was doing briefly, or I looked like I was stealing my own wheels. So, yeah, so we, we've learned something. We were out there. <laughs> we were out there in our rather nice T-shirts that we've been given oh, by yeah. Leadfoot Clothing. That's right. Um, Did we mention from, these before? From, I can't remember. I think I, I have done. Yeah. Um, so we, we sort of won these t-shirts, I guess, in a mm. competition. And we said, well, we'll, you know, we'll take a photograph and 
for for the guys because it's, it's a, it seems like a relatively uh, small company mm. sort of just starting up. So I was like, well, we'll take some pictures for you. And I mean, it was quite a windy day yesterday and we were quite hungover. Yeah, yeah I don't think we look we, our best. And we don't really look like we're doing we any work to... on the car either. We, we are not Instagram models <laughs> or mechanics. Or influencers are... in any way, shape or form. But we've got these lead foot t-shirts. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not even good drivers probably. But, you know, we... We, we did take. We, we might have to retake those photos <laughs> at, a, at a later date for uh, for Simon at Leadfoot. But thank you to uh, to Simon at Leadfoot. Um, they I did mention them before. They do uh, sort of uh, clothing based on classic motorsport liveries, which is just so up my street. Yeah. Um, and I've got the one that's based on a silk cut jag. You've got one that's the Alitalia, which I think was a Lancia. Stratos, yeah, Lancia Stratos. Yeah, the rally days. So they do kind of a few bits like that. They're on uh, Instagram at Leadfoot Clothing, and their website is lead-foot.co.uk. Good stuff. We'll we'll look a bit that, more professional too next pluggy? time. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll look a bit more professional next time. I promise. <laughs> So, should we should we move on to some actual cars and things? Yeah, we could do. We could do. Um, where do you want to go? I was going to say very briefly, a sort of a... Well, I've got a couple of sort of teaser things, I suppose, for later episodes. But this weekend, I went to a bit of motorsport. Uh, I went to Brands Hatch to a round of the uh, Radical series, the UK series for that. And um, got to have a chat with some of the drivers there and the, the guys that run Radical and uh, later this week I'll be going to Silverstone to drive a couple of their cars. So really looking forward to that. Bit worried. Been checking the weather forecast every hour for about two weeks. And uh, I'll report back at some point, as long as I don't make a complete fool of myself. As, um, no, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear how it goes. It'll be fun, I think. It should be good. It, it was great just to get to a circuit. Cause I can't remember the last time I'd even been to a racetrack and you know, just been wandering around with the sound of race cars in the background. It was it was great. It's good. Um, and I dug my karting gear out because I said, "Oh, you know, I'll, t- I'll bring my own suit. That's all right." And they said, "Oh, you can wear the radical one if you want. It looked better for our photos." And I think my karting suit um, looks a lot worse than I remember. <laughs> it's it's probably out of date as well. Even yeah. I mean, it's not karting. I mean, karting and track uh, proper car suits are totally oh yeah different yeah. In a way. I think for a, for a basically it a track day like this is, even in i don't think it would matter because there'd be closed cars going around or without obviously but yeah i think it probably is out of date and my boots are a little bit disgusting and my yeah the helmet's not great either so thankfully radical is providing just about everything and we'll have helmets with comms so we can talk to our instructor which should be good fun will, will there be video of this are you taking um any i'm not video sure will they allow? um yeah potentially i'll take a gopro with me and see what happens and if I can stick that somewhere, I will. Um, 
But yeah, I, I was watching a lot of uh, YouTube videos last night of radicals going around Silverstone to try and uh, pick up some tips. That record incoming. <laughs> yeah, right. That <laughs> <laughs> nah, should be fun. Cool. Bit of track work. Bit of track work. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, and the other quick teaser for hopefully the next episode is um, Gordon Murray will... Um, well, he will. He won't be on the podcast as such, but hopefully, I, I've interviewed him for uh, a written article for one of my clients. But um, I've got an audio recording of that, and I'm just checking to make sure that it can be used in the podcast. I've been told it probably can, but we're just checking with someone else. And um, and yeah, hopefully we'll have um, hopefully ten minutes or so of Gordon talking about uh, what his what his company is up to. They've got a bit of news that comes out or will have come out probably by the time this podcast is published um, about his company growing massively. Um, big new investment into that and lots of work on electrification on electric vehicles but also he's got a few v12 supercars in the pipeline so yeah really looking forward to sharing that at some point yeah that, and that again that's that'll be cool, the doorbell though. for my torque wrench the torque wrench oh well you better go and get there yeah, I'll probably... <laughs> we're not going to do a live unboxing no i can't be bothered oh uh, well yeah go on then what is it it's a torque wrench <laughs> oh. <laughs> right that's been brought to me <laughs> but whilst that's being brought to you uh that's i i mean gordon murray is very much up there in my oh yeah he's he's a, he's a hero know, really of... isn't he he's, he's you know if there was anyone you wanted to meet and have a chat yeah. with in the industry yeah i mean he must have some stories and he's 74 yes yeah, he is. He, he's, and he's he's been around for a bit. He has you know, known some people. <laughs> I mean, I, he was. I mean, I'm sort of bigger on his Formula One. I mean, the, the road car stuff's amazing, but I'm sort of a bit of a Formula One buff. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was at Brabham and would have had Bernie Ecclestone as his boss, and then he was at McLaren with Ron Dennis as his boss, and worked with Senna and PK and. Thanks. I'm just having the torque wrench delivered. Oh god, that's really heavy. Ooh, maybe really that, heavy, yeah. Maybe that's the socket set instead. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I just had some some tools have been delivered to my desk. <laughs> this is it. Like, like it's happening live. Yeah, that's the socket set that's turned up today. 108 pieces. Ooh. So, so yeah, that's that's good. Um, yeah, torque wrench tomorrow, and I'll get my car sorted. Happy days. Happy days indeed. Anyway, yeah, back to Gordon Murray. And yeah, like you said, he, he was obviously involved with Brabham, with the fan cars. Um, and there were some great photos sort of back in that time of him, like you say, with Bernie and sporting, uh, sporting rather, some uh, rather impressive moustaches. Well, you sent and, me that picture yeah. of him driving in... Well, what, what, he's in a McLaren F1 in a pair of sandals. <laughs> He almost looks like something of one of them foot fetish websites. Not that I... <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> it's like, if you like men with long hair, tashes in supercars wearing sandals, then <laughs> this is your picture. Absolutely. But I mean, yeah, who needs Pilates when you've got sandals? Yeah. At least he's not doing so, a socks-sandals combo. We should, we should, can no, we put I had this to check picture on our Instagram? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm not sure where it's from, but I'll have a look, and yeah, we can we can post that. <laughs> well, you did say um, about uh, 
you know, it's putting Ayrton Senna's loafers to shame from the famous NSX mm. Rand Suzuka video. And then I did find myself Googling loafers because they're, I actually quite fancy. You should turn up for your radical your radical track day. In some brown loafers and white in your, socks. In your track work loafers. <laughs> you laugh, but I do have some um, blue moccasins. There you go. I can't remember the company they're from. I can't remember the company they're from, but I know the model name is Marinello. So Ooh. I don't think I'll wear those. <laughs> it's like I, I think tatty alpine stars. It's like ridiculous bucket list item is to drive an NSX around Suzuka in loafers <laughs> <laughs> with a GoPro looking at your feet. Just so I can say I've done it. I mean that'll never happen. <laughs> My other one is to plough a field and then have a ploughman's lunch, but. Um, that's probably more. That's probably more achievable. Someone could probably make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make a wish. <laughs> <laughs> For just a couple of quid each, listeners, you can. <laughs> Mate, farmers ploughing a field is probably just monumentally boring. I could probably go out and do it for free, and they'll probably just buy me a ploughman's to say thanks. They have incredibly slow. Um... Cruise control, don't they? Farming equipment. You can set it to like 0.6 miles per hour or something. You're talking to someone who does 60 on the every motorway in cruise control. I was then so about I'm to say, quite yeah, used this to is, uh, <laughs> this is your area. Setting cruise control to... <laughs> to glacial. Some, yeah, <laughs> just watching, <laughs> switching off. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we've it's, gone off uh, track. <laughs> slightly. So, but no, Gordon Murray, I'm looking forward to the fact that he's still building ridiculous supercars and he's still sticking to his mantra of it's got to be light everything has to be really really light um so yeah looking forward to what he's got coming in the next few years before we all go electric and even when we have one electric he reckons he can sort it he reckons he can make a really light electric car um a third lighter he reckons for a four seat five seat suv type thing so hopefully we'll be able to play that next episode yeah, I look forward to hearing uh, sort of what you asked and the responses you got and hearing a bit more about his uh, company and what they're doing with the future. Um, you've just got a new car that's come into your life. I have. So I've done my changeover with the Classic Car Loan Project and Joanna the Victor has gone to a new custodian, um, someone who I know very well and she's really enjoying it so far. And was oh, good. incredibly excited when I pulled up. And, and <laughs> this is this car. handover halfway up the M1, wasn't it? Or she had to drive it up the M1? Uh, we had, we met in Northamptonshire and she's up in Leeds mm. and I'm mm. in Essex. So it was probably a third of the way for me and two thirds of the way mm. for her. And luckily, not that I had no faith, but I sort of thought, oh, that's a lot of mileage for the little Victor to be doing mm. at 61 years old in one day. Yeah. But she did it very good and rachel's partner johnny is already talking about doing a few bits maybe improving those mm-hmm. brakes yeah and, <laughs> they do uh, need it yeah and the other little bits and bobs that needed doing and actually so a few people drove that car including yourself it wasn't mm. the easiest thing to master no and not at all rachel jumped in it and i she's already had a car in the loan project that was older mm-hmm. And mm. she was probably the best person that I ever watched drive that car for, <laughs> for the first time, which was yeah. I was really pleased about because I thought, right now I'm letting you loose on the A1. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that probably just puts your sort of, you know, it takes any guilt away you might have of forcing her to drive it quite so far. So, yeah, that's that's uh, appears to be going well, and I will Good. miss the car, but it was sort mm. of, I think, time to try something different. And mm. I've now got the MG Maestro, which arrived the very next day. That's uh, a bit of you, isn't it? It Yeah, it is, yeah. Like... I think so. I haven't really driven it that far because it's just been sort of wet <laughs> ever since I got it. It's been yeah. kind of showery days where I don't really this sort of doesn't really warrant taking it out in the rain because yeah. it's you know it's going to rust if, if you do. <laughs> but it, it yeah, it is very me, and I've got like a little aftermarket like aftermarket. I bought it off Amazon, like a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> Oh, I saw this. Yeah, it's just sort of sat on the dashboard. Sat on the dashboard. Because it's got this incredible, like, table dashboard that you can kind of sit the speaker on. So it's just 80s playlist. (laughs) It's got a lovely stir the soup gear stick. And you, yeah, it's just... (laughs) You're in your element. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, it's a two litre petrol engine. So it's actually pretty pokey for it. You know, it's Mm. quite a small car. Yeah. So... All of a sudden, it's compared with the Victor, it's like I've got a little bit of a nippy kind of buzz around town kind of a yeah. car, blare out the 80s tunes. <laughs> and you feel um, like you could use it more. The Victor always felt like a bit of a challenge, whatever you did, and, and inherently unsafe, whereas this, you feel like you'll put more miles on it. 100%. Well, I, I, I had to give a reading to the insurance company when I gave mm. back the Victor. And in the two years and one month I had it, I did 1,837 uh-huh. miles, hmm. which I'm a bit disappointed with because I think I probably should have done a few more, but we did have the pandemic. Yeah, that's of... that's not bad, really, because like you say, a year of that was pandemic. So I'm hoping I can do a bit more in the, hmm. in the maestro. But I've got to say, you know, I didn't, I didn't not enjoy driving the Victor. But it was always, you're very much aware that you're in a very old car. It's not yeah. particularly safe. You've got to really think about your stopping distances and your, mm. your gear changes and everything else. And when you've got and passengers think, with you, it probably makes you, well, it probably makes you less willing to carry passengers. But that, but to me, that was kind of the point in it. I yeah, only really drove it when I was giving somebody a ride. or yeah. and, it, and it was the sort of car that would make people's day just by yeah. seeing it or going in it. And that was kind of why I used it. I would never necessarily just go to the shops or go to work in it without any purpose. Yeah. And I certainly didn't drive it on my own, particularly often. Yeah. But with the Maestro, it's slightly different. Just going out on my own, sort of popping around town and around the little lanes that I've done around near where I live, I was genuinely happy just <laughs> on my own. With 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 Duran with Duran turned up to the nines, just... <laughs> <laughs> flying around the road yeah, so brilliant i certainly think it's it's i enjoy it more mm. it's for me to try i don't think as many people who want to ride in it because yeah i still yeah, think yeah. a lot of people will look at it and go well that was a piece of junk from 35 years ago <laughs> which <laughs> i mean i think there's only about 90 maestros of any kind left on the road oh, so wow. they, a lot of them went to the scrapyard mm. So it's it's a rare car, but uh, possibly not quite as as loved as a classic just yet. But it, yeah, for me, it's it's spot on. 
you've reminded me actually saying about how many are left. I got an email or a press release or something the other day from U-Switch about the UK's most endangered cars and the Austin... Oh, no, it was Austin Montego. It wasn't Maestro. I saw this list. I think the Maestro was on the list They were both on it. Oh, it's there, yeah, number six. Yeah, there were 230,000 of them in 1995, and by 2020, there were 90. There we go. Apparently. And there's one in my garage. (laughs) And yours is the MG one, so I imagine not many of those at all. Yeah, MG 2 litre. Because I think they they did a 1.6 MG and the 2 litre MG. And they did the turbo Mm, as well, but that was like ridiculous. So you can find an old copy of Autocar for the road review, like um, I found for the Victor. I've, see how there's one in the boot. Have you found it? Think, oh, is there I one already? there's one in the boot. Yeah, huh. um, the chap that dropped it off, he's one of the kind of the founding members of the Maestro Montego Owners Club. Mm. So he's kind of pretty well in on that circle. And he had yeah, the original Autocar. He's given oh, me all nice. the Haynes manuals. Yeah. Some oil to keep topping up the oil. (laughs) (laughs) All the usual Uh, stuff. Because that leaks, yeah. Mm. I mean, it it was actually a BL. Mine's, so I think British Leyland transferred the building of them over to Rover, or it just changed to Rover. Mm. So it's actually a BL-built car that I've got. (laughs) But it's got a Honda gearbox and the uh, 2-litre, I think it's the O-series engine for, Mm. for BL nerds. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this year, taking it up to Northamptonshire this weekend, hopefully, mm. and into the Cotswolds. Nice. You'll look right so, at home. So <laughs> I think, you know, yeah, unlike the Victor, I just don't mind kind of chucking a weekend gear in it and yeah. driving up across the country because I kind of trust it a bit more and yeah. we can actually do 70 on the motorways. And <laughs> It'll feel like the later Cortinas we drove that time from Ford's Heritage Fleet, where you, you got in and thought, I could just pop to the shops in this. Yeah, 100%. And it, and it's exactly the same to drive as any modern car, really. Yeah. You know, everything's where it should be. Not like the Victor, where it's all completely <laughs> different. Yeah. Good stuff. Actually, when, when we did this handover, we were outside at mm. a, a location where the chap that's got the Morgan three-wheeler in the project... Oh, yeah, I saw a picture of that earlier. ...arrived. And that that was something else. It's 1924 or something, isn't it? It's properly old. I think it's... I should really know off the top of my head because I've been doing... I think I just caught an image of it on Instagram earlier. 1934 Morgan Supersports. Mm. So it's basically just, you know, a very lightweight thing with... I mean, it's a bike, basically, with an extra wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Very cramped. Yeah, I'm looking at it now and it's... (laughs) Sounds like a bike. Yeah. But what, what, what got me was... Nothing on that car was where you expected it to be in terms of controls. Mm. Um, the chap, Adam, that had it was trying to explain very quickly as he drove off. Um, so he's got two pedals. One one pedal does the clutch and one does the f- rear brake, which is just a single wheel at the back. Yeah. Then a there's a throttle. lever... The, the throttle is like on the steering wheel, which okay. I guess you would use your thumb and finger for. Yeah. And then the the front brakes, which I think are like the main brakes, they're a lever yeah. next to the gear stick. <laughs> so to slow down, you basically got to put your lever forward and then bring in the rear brakes mm. and, with your foot. And, hell. Yeah. So that that looked like a real challenge to drive. Yeah, but 
<laughs> uh, and to get used to. But luckily, Adam has has worked on it and was was doing all right. Mm. And what he said, well, the funniest thing was, he said, obviously, like when you go over a pothole in an old car, you you feel it because mm. the suspension is nowhere near as good as a modern car. So he said, obviously, the natural reaction to seeing a pothole is you put put it between the wheels and drive over it. But then you remember you're in a three-wheeler. <laughs> so the wheel that you're sat and on clouts it. The wheel, yeah, the wheel that you're literally sat on at the back just goes... Doof. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really nice day, seeing seeing some people again mm. and talking cars. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like it's just a really nice club to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. I think we've got 24 cars going out now. Mm. Or 24 cars that have been offered into the project mm. from, yeah, the 20s up to the, the 90s. So, mm. something for everyone. Good stuff. No no money. It's not about making money or anything yeah. like that. It's just about cars being used, being stored, being looked after. And like you and said, the way that the Victor just makes everyone's day, whether you get a ride in it or you just see it drive past and it's... Yeah. Spread, spreading yeah. joy aren't you or at the club is. yeah it's getting us a bit, bit more hands-on as well i mean yeah i'm not massively mechanical as we've already discussed but <laughs> in the last year i've certainly changed my you know i just change your approach to, to it anyway more. you want to yeah, learn I want to get you bought in, all the tools of, yeah instead of just sitting back and letting someone else do it i kind mm. of think well i want to have a go at that i want to do it and so yeah that's that's what it's all about good stuff well, I drove something very different. Um, when was it? Last week or the week before? Um, it was a Zenvo, which is a Danish hypercar company, supercar company. Uh, and I drove their TSRS, which was just nuts. <laughs> it was completely insane. Um, again, I think a photo on the Instagram account will be required to sort of explain this. Um but, I mean, it, it looks like something a nine-year-old would draw in a maths book. <laughs> yeah. After I've been for my drive, we parked up and um, the company was using a, a, a pub as sort of a, a base for the day. And I parked up with my MX-5 just ahead of the Zenvo and the PR rightly said, it looks like it's about to eat your car. And it <laughs> really did. It's just, yeah, mad, mad thing. Crazy styling. And uh, 1,200 horsepower, 1,170, something like that. So like, a couple of things to set it apart, because the strange thing is, if you're spending like a million or a million and a half pounds on a supercar or a hypercar, there's a lot of competition. And if you're not a famous brand, if you don't have that heritage to draw on, then you need to do some things that set you apart. And one of those things with this car is the rear wing, which moves around, not forwards or backwards, but it moves left and right, kind of like an aeroplane wing, but in reverse and i think it's up to about 25 degrees left or right yeah, it moves a lot doesn't it it's not just like a, a little tilt it's it, a full yeah on... it's not a tilt like you'd get from um a rear wing of a car that just tilts a bit you know to either to to stall at high speed or to come up as an air brake it moves a lot um left and right so much so that when it was at goodwood a couple of years ago at the festival of speed it went up the hill and the commentators said that they thought it was broken um, because of the the angle that the wing was at uh, and apparently they keep getting black flagged there was a press event at spa i think last year or the year before and they kept getting black flagged because again people thought the wing was broken and so that does that but also the way it moves is strange or it's, it seems counterintuitive because it tilts in the opposite direction to you the direction you're steering so if you turn to the right the, the wing is banked over to the left 
So it's sort of the opposite of what an aeroplane would be doing, which is a bit weird. Um, and then the other feature is the gearbox, which is um, it's, well, it's just got straight cut gears and it's incredibly brutal. <laughs> it's just odd. It's a single clutch and there's no automatic, although it will shift to first to stop you stalling, basically. But otherwise, it's you're manually controlling with the paddles and just the, the kick in the back it gives you. If you accelerate full throttle through second, third, fourth, you pull the gears and it's, it's it really kicks you. It's, um, yeah, it's mad, completely mad. It doesn't feel like it should be on the road at all. It feels completely wrong. It looks out of place. It feels a bit out of place. It's very firm. Um, goes like a stink. It's just stupidly quick. Uh, but yeah, so if you want a mad supercar that's a million and a half quid and you know your mates won't have one, that's it. Because they only make five a year. Well, yeah, they don't. They're very rare, aren't they? They're mm. very, very exclusive. Yeah, they have capacity for five cars a year, and I think that's across the range as well. So they do a couple of other models. So they might only make one or two of those ones each year. And they they make everything themselves. They make the engine and gearbox themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. You just think the the economies just don't add up for that, or you'd think they wouldn't yeah. anyway. Uh, but yeah, they do everything themselves. And all the carbon they do in-house, the carbon's beautiful. The weave on it is fantastic. You know, open up the, uh, well, everything. You, know, you open up the rear and open up the doors and the weave is, is, is so good. Um, they do carbon wheels as well as an option, forged carbon wheels. I think I'm right in saying they're a 60,000 euro option. <laughs> yeah, but you're spending enough anyway, so well, yeah, my, yeah, what, what's an extra... What's an extra 60 grand you know, when you spent what's an one extra and a 60 half? 60 grand. Yeah, yeah. But a very exclusive club and a pretty extreme machine. And yeah. how lucky you are to have driven that. Well, does the wing, <laughs> can you make it do like a party dance whilst um, you're not yeah, moving I think to so. show off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can. <laughs> I think there is a way to switch it on so that if you're just turning the wheel while stationary, the wing will, will flap around. Yeah. <laughs> Which is all you're going to buy it for. It's going to do laps of Harrods at five miles an hour and the wing's going to be going. I can see it now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, sadly, it may it may well be doing just laps of uh, West I think London, the company but... knows it in a way, because some of the vehicles they've done previously are track only, and then all the hardware makes sense. And then this is more of a sort of a road-orientated, or at least it's, it, it's just about okay for the road. Um, to the extent that the, the extremities are such, like the wing is in such a position that to make sure it's road-legal, it's in that position, but you can't open the engine cover with the wing where it is. So you have to undo a couple of um, clamps, I suppose they would be, to then move the wing to then allow you to open the uh, engine cover. So it, it, it's, it's just about being made road legal, basically. It shouldn't be on the road, <laughs> but it is. And yeah, it, it was odd driving it around Milton Keynes <laughs> and seeing other road users. Wondering what was going on. So yeah, that's that's what I've been doing recently. Um, no press cars at the moment. So yeah, just the Radical in a few days. And the MX-5 when you tighten them nuts. <laughs> yeah, once my MX-5 safe again. <laughs> and uh, we should be going to Caffeine and Machine this Sunday, weather depending. Yeah, I haven't checked the weather for looking a couple of days. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope we do get to go. It's the, the kind of stuff to get there I've is not mad. been. Well, I showed you yesterday the collection that turned up. There was a, was it a Maserati MC12? A, 
LaFerrari, a Chiron, and a F50. So when you get there, do they kind of tell you where to put your car? Like if it's yeah, a particularly nice so. car, they'll say put it in front of the, the building, yeah. I guess. And then if it's not so much, do you sort of get ushered to like a car park out of the way? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I've only been once before and I just turned up in a Polestar 1. And as I turned in, everyone was taking my photo. Like I had to stop while a, a group of people had finished taking photos. And then someone came over and checked my ticket and they said, oh, we've got a space for you, wherever it was, sort of near the front of the yard. So I think that's what they do. I suppose they could check the number plates in advance just to see what the manufacturer of the car is. So they'd have an idea of what to expect each day. (laughs) Um, British Leyland for me. (laughs) Well, if they are checking that, then they might see that and think that's unusual. Let's have a look when it gets here. Um, And I know the Zenvo was allowed in, but I think someone just made a phone call and said can we bring this on Monday? And they're like, yeah, sure, come in. Yeah, it depends what you've got. You get you get in the door. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, looking forward to that. We've got uh, a kart race this weekend as well, hence the trip up to Northamptonshire first. Yeah. So hopefully it stays dry for that as well. That, that or if just if it's going to be wet, just be absolutely fully wet. I just... You'd rather that, would you? When it's in, in be- between, when it's in between, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the in between is is very difficult. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Because they are just on slicks permanently, aren't they? Those carts. Yeah, they don't. The championship don't change the tires. Mm. So if it rains, you're just going with what you've got. <laughs> and I, you know, once it's wet and you go out and you practice and it's just fully wet, you get used to it yeah. and it's fine. But when it's like dry and then it pisses down or vice versa that's when all of a sudden you think I'm doing well here and yeah. someone will just fly past you who's found the grip yeah. before you and you're like, oh, cr- crap. <laughs> um, I think that's about it, isn't it? I don't think we've got anything else to cover. I've got some tools to unbox and a car to yes. sort. And yeah, we'll be all good. You've now got an extra string to your bow. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be the first string, but yeah. yeah. Well, thank- thanks everyone who continues to listen. Yeah, thank you very much. And if you if if you are enjoying our podcast, uh, please give us a share if you can. Yeah, do we, you spread the word? Let that. people know about it. And um, as I keep um, saying, you know, click on the on the five star review if you'd be so kind, and uh, leave a little note as well. We've had a couple of people do that, and it really does help. Uh, just move move us up the in in the algorithm a bit, so more people will see it. And um, right, well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Thank you.